Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger. No guest for this preview, but joined by my co-host, Jordan Climack, to break down this big matchup between the Browns and the Cardinals. Jordan, we waited as long as we could to record this preview, given all of the injury issues, COVID issues surrounding this game, but we can wait no longer to break down this pivotal matchup. Yeah, and pivotal matchup is is definitely the key thing there, Henry. I mean, the difference between going three and three and four and two is it, it, it's pretty it's it's monumental. And you know, I I understand that even if the Browns do lose this game, look, the season is still in front of them. They have the easy the easier part of their schedule coming up and all of that. But you want to get this one. You want to prove that you're a good team. You want to prove that you're a good team that can beat good teams. And the fact of the matter is, Henry, the Browns lost to the Chiefs on the road. LeBron's lost to the Chargers on the road, two of the top teams in the NFL. You got to take care of business at home this weekend. Yep, that's the thing. They've, they've been right in these games. They, they've been favored going into the fourth quarter, if you look at win probability and all that. But, you know, two close losses, you know, uh, games that could have gone either way to two great teams on the road. This one, though, you get at home. And that's the key factor, finally getting one of these teams at home in your stadium. And we all know, that the crowd makes a huge difference, especially when it's on your side in these tight games where it's a play here, a play there that can ultimately shift the momentum and shift the results. But Jordan, something else that can shift the results are injuries. And we know that played a big factor in the Chargers game. And it's going to play a big factor in this one because we're trying to figure out who is going to be playing for either side. So I think we got to start with the Browns. Here's the latest that, that, I, that I have on, on the Browns is that as far as the secondary, we'll start there. Denzel Ward and, and Greg Newsom both limited in practice today, but it does seem like it's trending towards that at least Greg Newsom is going to come back. Hopefully both of them are going to play this week. Oh, real quick. Uh, I think I think on Denzel Ward, the expectation is for him to play as well. Um, I think he said it was either earlier today or yesterday, but he said basically the injury happened before the Chargers game, and it kind of flared up in the first quarter, which led to him, you know, going out of that game. But he did say that the hope is that he will give it a go this weekend, and he expects. Yeah, and I, I would expect him to play as well uh, based on the fact that he's already practicing some this week. And I also have something on Nick Chubb, uh, if we want to just get that out the way real quick as well. Um, Nick Chubb did not practice today. To my knowledge, everything I was told, that this was the plan all along going into that three games in like uh, 11 days stretch that they were going to keep him out of practice, kind of keep him fresh going into Sunday and then next Thursday's game as well. So I was kind of worried when I saw Nick Chubb on the injury report yesterday. He didn't practice again today, but the expectation is he will play on Sunday. And this was just a precautionary veteran day off type thing. That's great news for Browns fans. I did see him on the injury report, which was kind of surprising. But yes, Jadavion Clowney, Miles Garrett, both practicing in a limited role and then, you know, to, to cover the rest of the offensive side of the guys real quick, uh, Jarvis Landry seems like he's running around some, but it's, uh, you know, whether or not it, uh, Jake Trotter yesterday phrased it as running around, but not practicing technically. So that's a little bit strange, but he's possibly going to be back. Uh, Jed Wills was back in a limited function 
uh, at practice. And then I still haven't seen any news on Jack Conklin practicing. Yeah, no, to my knowledge, Conklin is still out. Um, did not practice yesterday, did not practice uh, today as well. So, you know, Friday is usually the telltale day. If you don't practice on a Friday, I mean, Conklin's a veteran. So it could be a little bit of a different situation for him. You know, like a guy like JC Treader, who obviously didn't practice today, didn't practice yesterday either. I don't think he's practiced in like three years, but he's always there on Sunday. So a veteran like Conklin, it might be a little bit different if he doesn't practice tomorrow, still might give it a go on Sunday. The question is going to be how effective will he be? Obviously has that knee injury. Yeah. So out of all those guys we just listed, and that was a laundry list of them, right? A lot of guys we had to get through, at least of the ones that, you know, we really expect, you know, or, or, or that are still up in the air, right? Like, I think we all expect Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett to play. Of the guys who are up in the air, who do you think is most critical for the Browns to get back uh, for this matchup against the Cardinals? Yeah, I, Henry, I really think you can look at this as almost offense and defense. I mean, the injury list is so extensive at this point that I really think you could pick out one person on offense and defense who's hurt in a limited role or not practicing this week that the Browns really need this Sunday. But I'm going to start with offense, and this probably is the most important one in general, Henry. I think that's Jack Conklin. And I, and I say that because I go back to last week's game against the Chargers. When he went down, the whole coaching Play calling, game planning, everything changed and on a split second because all of a sudden at that point you had Blake Hans at left tackle and you had James Hudson, the rookie, at right tackle. And that compromised the Browns and it compromised Kevin Stefanski's play calling. Though I don't think it should have. I think that was a detriment to Stefanski. And like I said, maybe his poorest moment as a coach because he let that get to him and he said as much. But if that's the case, if Conklin's going to go out and he's going to affect you that much, Henry, I just think that's where you have to start uh, from a tackle standpoint. And we know, you know, he's been basically the number one ranked right tackle by pro football focus for the better part of two and a half years at this point. So if that's the case, Conklin is crucial in the run game and he's crucial in the pass game. If he's not able to go. And that's the other thing about this. I, I think we, I think Chris Hubbard, the injury to Chris Hubbard, when he went down and of course he's been placed on IR. I don't think we expect him to play this year. But when he went down, that took away a lot of versatility from the backup lineman because Hubbard was a guy that you can put at right tackle and he's a guy that you can put at left tackle. And you could trust him in both situations. A veteran who's gotten the job done, one of the better plug-and-play linemen in terms of a backup standpoint in the NFL. Now you don't have that luxury. Now you got to go with a rookie in James Hudson if, if uh, Conklin is out. So I'm going to start with Conklin there on the offensive side, Henry, as the most important piece that the Browns need to get back this Sunday. They, you know, that's a great answer. It's probably the one I, I would have singled out as well, just because they're going to need to be able to run the football. And not only do they need him back, you know, it's one thing to get a guy back too, but but there, it's another thing about effectiveness as part of that. And unfortunately, you know, for Conklin, it's a knee injury, right? So this is now, you know, we've seen this with Jed Wills. It's one thing to be playing in the game, but having you playing ineffective is, is key as well. And the Browns are going to need him both in the run game to, to bludgeon this Cardinals team, but also the Cardinals, one of the best teams at getting after the quarterback too. So having him in there to protect Baker Mayfield would, would also be very, very nice uh, for the Browns to have if this offense is going to run the way they want to. But I'd also single out the corners. Really, either one, both Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom. I thought A.J. Green did a fine job trying to fill in last week, but 
as you know, the, the Chargers receiving core is dangerous, but this Cardinals receiving core is arguably more dangerous. There's really nowhere to hide. They've got guys up and down the field that that are really going to cause a lot of problems for the Brown secondary, maybe even the healthy Brown secondary. So uh, avoiding putting in, you know, a guy like AJ Green is probably going to be something uh, that has a big impact on, on whether or not the Browns are successful in this game. Yeah. And what's crazy too is Henry, I think that, I think I saw the stat earlier. I think the Cardinals have three wide receivers on the roster that have more catches and more yardage than any receiver on the Browns roster has. So, I mean, you know, Kyler Murray's not finding no way. He's not having trouble finding a way to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball. I mean, he's involving Rondell Moore, who's been great this year. I mean, Christian Kirk and, of course, A.J. Green as well. So, yeah, they have some guys out there. Uh, the interesting thing is, I mean, we're talking about the Browns injuries and all that. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the Cardinals because Kyler Murray, um, there's some question marks around him and his health heading into this week as well. But, yeah, the, the corners without question are at the forefront, Henry. Um you know, you don't want to I would say you don't want to rely on a guy like AJ Green, but he's also been limited in practice as well. I thought he's had good moments this year, though. But yeah, I, I mean, I think the important one is getting Greg Newsome back. Uh, I thought he was off to a really great start. And I think that he was kind of starting to elevate Denzel and, and, and vice versa. I think Greg said earlier in the week that, like, it's just a confidence thing for him right now. Like basically him giving, you know, limited reps in practice, but basically his body telling him, like, hey, you're good to go on Sunday. So we'll see. I think that Greg Newsom is probably going to be a game time decision, you know, going to be one of those like Sunday morning. We'll, we find out if he's playing or not. But I want to see Greg Newsom get back, man, because he was doing some great things for the Browns secondary. I do, too. And I think he's a, a key guy, you know, to guard DeAndre Hopkins. I know a lot of Browns fans might be thinking, well, Denzel Ward, but I think Greg Newsom, you know, with his physical style, the way he likes to get up, you know, into people could be. Uh, you know, a guy that has more success against Hopkins. Hopkins, a guy that is just so good, you know, on, on contested catches. You really need somebody who's going to challenge him there. Uh, it's an impossible assignment, but but I think Newsom might have even a better a chance uh, against him than, than Denzel Ward at, at times, despite, you know, the lack of experience being the challenge there, of course, for Newsom, you know, only being a couple of games into his rookie campaign here. That's a lot to ask to have him guard DeAndre Hopkins, but I do think, that's really the key, you know, the key part to this because, and you brought it up. So let's just go to it. You know, Kyler Murray has been absolutely fantastic this year. I was lower on Kyler Murray than a lot of people. He's played at basically an MVP level right now. You know, the Cardinals are one of the best passing teams in the entire league right now. They're third in pass yards per attempt. They've got all the receivers have great stats across the board. Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, even their AJ Green, but Kyler Murray nursing a bit of a shoulder injury. Maybe that could be a, you know a potential saving grace for the Browns because I think he's going to test them a lot, Jordan. Yeah, the thing is though, it's not his legs, and he can still hurt us with his legs. It is his right shoulder though. And you flip it over for the Browns, you're talking about a shoulder injury with Baker and that torn labrum uh, on his left shoulder. So. Kyler right shoulder. And I think it's an AC joint for Kyler, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. which actually was the same exact injury he had last year. And if you remember Henry last year, he was in the MVP conversation for a large part of that year, banged up his shoulder, messed up his AC joint. And then his season kind of started to tumble from there. So he's, you know, we've seen it in the past where when he has this injury to that right shoulder, he becomes a different player. 
Um, so we'll see how the, the Browns attack that. I mean, it's on paper now. They're going to be going after him. It's going to be need to be a big Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney game on Sunday. Well, it's funny you bring up that, that shoulder injury and this, the split from when Murray suffered that injury last year. Drastic. The Cardinals finished two and five down the stretch after he injured it. He not only was he less effective throwing the ball, but as you brought up, running the ball, he ran it way less and way less uh, effectively. It was something, you know, if you read anything on the offseason, like Warren Sharp had a ton of the numbers in his book about basically the splits. As soon as Murray hurt his shoulder, this offense torpedoed last season. So I, it doesn't seem as serious as it was last year for Murray, but it's hard to tell. You know, it was one week. You could see him kind of doing the, the, the trying to stretch it out on the sideline. Like you see a baseball pitcher who feels like he can't get loose. It kind of felt like that's what Murray was doing on the sideline in that 49ers game. Yep. Jordan's got that rotation going. Everybody knows what I'm talking about where they're trying to like loosen up that shoulder a little bit. So yeah, that's, that's the, the could be the big thing here because otherwise Yes, you know, it needs to be a big day from Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney. But look, this Cardinals offensive line was so supposed to be extremely suspect coming into the year. It hasn't really worked out that way. They're number two in, in PFF in terms of pass blocking. They've gotten a lot better production than you would think out of those guys across the board. You know, uh, Rodney Hudson is going to miss this game for them, Jordan, but They've held up pretty well so far. So the Browns are really going to need their defensive line in this battle in the trenches. Yeah. And just in general, I think, you know, probably, you know, you talked about in the trenches, I think, you know, if we're talking about an offensive line and defensive line, both those units together, this is probably the best of the two that the um, Browns have faced this year. Uh, When it comes down to offensive line for the Cardinals and defensive line, talk about that combination. I think that that's better than, you know, the Vikings had, the Bears had, the Texans had, the Chiefs had, and of course the Chargers. So it's definitely going to be a test on that end. But again, you flip it over to the Cardinals. They have some injury questions on defense as well that you pray to God that like, you know, it's one of those things where you don't ever hope anyone's sick or anyone's injured, but we're dealing with our own thing. So it's kind of like, all right, well, if we're going to be compromised, at least they are compromised as well. Well, and you mentioned it, that defensive line of the Cardinals is the strength of their defense as well. And as many Browns fans listening to this know, Chandler Jones being chief among them is, you know, in question for this game. You know, a guy that's that's been dominant at times this year, totally wrecked the Titans in that week one game where he had five sacks. But he's on the COVID list and it sounds like based on the reporting, it is trending toward that he will not play. Uh, the, you know, the way this works as a refresher on the protocols is Chandler Jones has to produce two negative COVID tests 24 hours apart. So if you're reading the tea leaves of this, you know, as we record this at six o'clock on, on Thursday night, it would seem like he still hasn't produced a negative COVID test because otherwise they would probably be saying the opposite, that he's trending toward playing. He would have potentially the opportunity to practice, you know, at some point or go through walkthroughs if he had already produced a negative COVID test. That hasn't happened. So you would have to think that that he hasn't yet. And not only has he not produced a negative test in the last 24 hours, three more Cardinals have came forth with positive tests as well. And as we know, their NFL rules, as they state this year, uh, I think it's three positive tests and you don't need to intensify protocols. But once you get that fourth, 
is when the COVID protocols intensify and all the rapid testing comes into play for everyone, not just the vaccinated players or the unvaccinated players. Anyway, I think that there's a real chance. I mean, the NFL came down with the rule at the beginning of the year that like COVID outbreak, that team forfeits a game. The way this is trending with, you know, it starts with Chandler Jones and three more. If all of a sudden we wake up tomorrow and there's three more and then four more on Saturday, like there's a real chance that the Cardinals will have to forfeit this game. I haven't seen anyone talk about that yet. It hasn't happened yet in the NFL, but we haven't really had a a multiple player outbreak like the Cardinals are dealing with right now. So it's certainly worth keeping an eye on that situation as it progresses throughout the week. It is possible, Jordan, but if, if you read between the fine lines a little bit, it, it seems pretty unlikely that they would do it because it would have to be something where the Cardinals weren't following protocols. Uh, and then I do believe there's stuff in there as well about it being uh, especially breakouts among unvaccinated players. And in the case of Chandler Jones, I believe Chandler Jones is vaccinated. That's why it's only 24 hours apart. Well, that's what I was going to say. The, the thing is, like, that's, that can be classified information. So we don't like yeah. these three positive tests that came in today. We don't know if it was a vaccinated player or an unvaccinated player. Yeah, that, that, that is true. And I think it's three, including Chandler Jones, because as you mentioned, if it was four, then they would have Correct. the- Correct. Yeah, they would have the, the, the stricter policy. So we'll just have to see. I mean, that's, it's one of those things, you know, Brown's dealt with it last year. A ton of teams dealt with it last year. You just, you don't know. You, you show up on Sunday and we'll see who's there. You know, even in, in week one, you know, Tyron Matthew obviously missed the, ga- the game uh, against the Browns too in that case. But, you know, Chandler Jones is not the only one on this defense that can cause havoc. Of course, the darling of of Brown's free agency once upon a time, JJ Watt is on this team and and playing pretty well right now. And and they've got a bunch of players playing, you know, really well right now on the defensive line, the linebackers, secondary, all around Jordan. This is a pretty solid defense. How do you think the Browns will go about attacking this team? See, that's the interesting thing. And I talked about this today on a radio show of, you know, I think it's fair to say that Baker Mayfield, he's, he, maybe he has heard the noise. Uh, maybe I actually, I don't even think it's, 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 you can say maybe there. He's definitely heard the noise because he's gone out on social media, having to post something twice now, uh, once last week and then this week with the Stephen A. Smith quote. And of course his wife has done the same thing. So he hears the noise and it's affecting him. It's affecting his mindset when he goes out. I think it's affecting his ability to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. He's been wide-ass open all year. I hope that Kevin Stefanski isn't going to fall into that same trap of all of a sudden, you know, this week, what's everyone bashing the Browns over? It's, you know, the third down draws, the play calling in the fourth quarter. It's Odell not being able to get the ball. So I, I worry that we come out and instead of running the ball down the Cardinals' throat, which we – can do and can do successfully to any team in the NFL. I just worry that we're going to come out and throw the ball over the yard um, for a couple of reasons. One, the criticism of Baker, and then two, the criticism of the play calling and not being able to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. So I, I hope, and I don't think Kevin Stefanski is a guy that would let that get to him, but I don't know. You know, at the same time, I don't know. Because last week he, you know, I wouldn't have expected him to kick one of the field goals he did and the conversation leading into that week was all the fourth down decisions. So I don't know if he's listening to that or not, Henry, but I hope it doesn't play into the game plan on Sunday and the Browns come out trying to, you know, I, I see it right now. Sadly, I see it, you know, the game starts first drive for the Browns. They come out in like an empty set shotgun and all of a sudden it's third and 10 on your first drive. And I like, I'm just trying to avoid that. So how they should attack them is the same way they attack every other team in the NFL. 
and that's the one-two punch at running back, the great offensive line, and using your tight ends to run, aid the run game. That's how you should attack them. I don't know if that's how they will. Well, and Kevin Stefanski, I, I also hope doesn't fall in that trap. I, I have some I'm pretty good confidence that he won't, just because he, you know, he's been pretty consistent as a play caller. And you mentioned it; uh, the run game is the the key thing here because uh, the Chargers right now rank dead last in the league in terms of yards per attempt allowed on the ground. Second worst, the Arizona Cardinals, five point four yards per per attempt on the ground so far this season so you know they had a really good first week against Derrick Henry they actually locked him down pretty well but then they've struggled a lot since they struggled with the Minnesota Vikings run game uh, which runs some similar concepts to the Browns they've struggled the last couple weeks as well you can run the ball on this defense a defense that's been pretty solid across the board which is why this team is five and oh you know they they're playing complimentary football but the real weakness is on that interior, you know, a tackle line as far as stopping the run and with our linebackers stopping the run too. Again, you know, Simmons has been great in coverage. Hicks has been great in coverage, but they've struggled against the run a little bit more. So, uh, you know, this, the, the defense overall is kind of like middle of the pack, but they're really bad against the run and really good against the pass. So the Browns better figure out a way to run the football and especially with the banged up offensive line, easier to run the football, tell those guys to go forward than, than pass ball. Yeah, without question. And I just think that, that, you know, that one-two punch of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, like that needs to be the steady diet. Like, you know, we get into this nonsense of like, hey, can Baker Mayfield win you a game? Can he do this? Can he do that? Like, at the end of the day, the Browns have a good defense. They have a great running game. And that's enough to win you football games. That's enough to win you a, a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, it is. I mean, you go back to football in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, it was run and it was defense then the rules changed up a little bit and everyone fall in love with the spread spread it out passing game five wide shotgun and all of that and then i think people develop this kind of mindset that like that's what you need to look like as a team to be successful in the nfl and win a super bowl when in just that's just not the reality i think the browns can be very successful doing what they are and that's how they need to approach every game henry not just the fact that the cardinals have a bad run defense not just the fact that the Chargers had a bad run defense the Browns are going to be able to run the ball against whoever. And it's not a surprise to teams. Teams come into games. You think the Cardinals are going to come into the game thinking the Browns aren't going to run the ball at them? Like, no, they're going to be prepared for that. question is, are they going to be able to stop it? That's why you need to stick to the run game. And uh, they're going to have to. The, the difference, I think, between the Chargers and the Cardinals as a defense is just that the – the Chargers have some some studs in the back end, but they also had some places to attack. This Cardinals team, like, and I know there's a lot of focus on this, you know, Baker OBJ connection, but like, there's not really a great matchup where you're just like, okay, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to roast whatever corner this is. Like, corner was a big concern coming into the year for the Cardinals. And so far, like, corners have played pretty well. Like, Byron Murphy's really had a resurgent year on that side of the football for them. So, I just don't see, you know, they've got Buda Baker, of course, a great safety back there. And then they've just got solid guys across the board. So I don't see that obvious matchup where I'm like, oh, that corner's in the game. Like, you got to go after him with OBJ or, or, or somebody else for that matter. Like, yes, the Browns need to stay balanced. They need to use their tight ends. They need to use their wide receivers at, at some points. But there's just not a lot of, like, obvious matchups where you're like, 
great. The Browns are going to have a big advantage here. They should attack. And I feel like usually Kevin Stefanski is good at identifying those matchups, but in this, it's just like run the ball because that's the matchup really. And I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I, I think there's, you can maybe count them on one hand, the amount of quarterbacks that, or cornerbacks, excuse me, that could cover Odell Beckham Jr. one-on-one. And especially look, you know, the stats aren't there, Henry, but we know it, you know it, I know it. We've all watched the games multiple times. He's wide open every time they call hike. And I think you laid out the stat in the last podcast that it's like him and Devontae Adams have been the most wide open wide receivers throughout the year. So if there's another game where Odell is wide open and we, for some reason, just can't figure out a way to get him the ball. I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle that. that I, I honestly don't because it's just, it, it, it's an element, Henry, we talked about it all off season, right? Like there's an element of this Browns offense that we haven't unlocked yet. And that's the deep threat. And we're, we're five games in, in this year. And I can't even think off the top of my head, a deep shot that this team has taken. I can't, they're not throwing the ball down the field. So if Odell's wide open and we're not able to unlock that part of the offense, we're going to be, a little bit handcuffed until, until we're able to figure that out. And if we aren't able to figure that out, then it's going to cripple us throughout the year. So yeah, the running game is obviously for forefront and you got to start there, Henry. But another thing that I haven't seen this year, where's the play action deep? I mean, this team was so good at play action a year ago. They were really good at play action against the chiefs. I haven't seen any deep shots. I mean, we've had so many second and thirds, second and twos. Those are when you take your deep shots. Because you have the good run game. You can pick up a first down on third and two running the ball. I just – I haven't seen it. And Odell's been wide open, so I, I don't get it. I think he's going to win his matchup a lot of the time, Henry, and it's probably going to happen on Sunday again. Maybe. I, I, I will push back a little bit in the sense that I, I do think some of that is scheme-based because the Browns have played two of the most conservative defenses in the NFL as far as their safeties. The Chargers might be the most conservative defense in the NFL in terms of always having two high safeties. And then – the Bears are right up there too. They they play two guys deep every time. Now, Odell Beckham Jr., as you mentioned, got open on more than one occasion deep down the field when Baker probably should have still been looking for him, especially against the Chargers uh, last week. But in general, I think that is part of the reason we haven't seen as many deep shots is there aren't as many. It, to, to me, it's more so that uh, you know OBJ is wide open on some other routes too where I'm like, I'm surprised that Baker doesn't pull the trigger on, on some intermediate routes. Uh, just as much as the deep ones. I don't foresee the Browns taking a ton of deep shots in this game either, but I do think there's a better chance than, than what we saw uh, against the Bears and the Chargers, just because, as I said, those two teams, the, the schemes are predicated on, hey, we're putting a ceiling on you, you know, kind of building a dome and forcing you to take shorter routes. And the Browns have largely stayed patient there, but again, it's, it's all about balance. Right. And I do think you're correct that there hasn't been balance to this offense at times. Well, here's the thing too. Like I just said, like, you know, it's not like the Cardinals are in film sessions this week. I'm like, eh, they're not going to run the ball at us. Like, no, they're coming into this game knowing that they're going to have to stack the box and stop the Browns run game or else they're going to get their ass kicked. I mean, that's kind of how all, any team has to approach facing the Browns at this point. And if that's the case, Henry, if you're going to sell out to stop the run every week, there are deep shots open. There are guys open down the field. I don't care if you have a conservative safeties or whatever it is. If, if, if you're trying to stop the run, there will be opportunities to throw the ball. And we need to exploit those this weekend in order to be at Arizona. Well, but like if you look at like the Chargers didn't load the box against the Browns. I mean, they got smoked on the ground, but they they just kept their safeties back and said, fine, basically. And 
I don't know if that was the best strategy because they gave up 42 points, but, but team, team, there are teams in the NFL these days that are almost, they don't care. I guess they're just like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give up the, the, the ground game to the Browns. And frankly, I think the reason most teams are slow to even make that adjustment is because nobody except the Browns really in the NFL runs in the same way. Like maybe the Ravens and one or two other teams, you know, the Cowboys, a little bit, but there aren't a lot of teams that can punish you on the ground explosively the same way the Browns can. So it's kind of a rude awakening for most teams. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a similar game plan like we saw early in the Chargers game where Cardinal safeties are back and the Browns just run the ball, you know, time and time again down the field for the first couple of possessions. But the, the Cardinals don't have quite the, that level of conservative defense. So they may they may bring more guys into the box like you're talking about. Yeah, and it just seems like in the NFL in general now is kind of seamless to spend, don't break. Um, like, I feel like that's kind of just the philosophy is out there at this point. But this game definitely feels to me, Henry, like I see a Nick Chubb, like 65-yard touchdown run at some point in this game. Um, like that kind of thing. Like I explosive run. Um, going into last week's game, like he was so close to breaking one, and then he finally did. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those from him and one of those from Kareem Hunt this weekend. Yeah, I, I do think the Browns are going to have success running the football. I'm just worried. I'm I'm more worried about the, as strange it is to say, about the Cardinals offense than the Chargers, just because going into that Chargers game, I didn't realize the, the, the injuries that the Browns are going to sustain. And with the depth of this receiving core, I'm yeah. just, I'm worried about the game script. Of like, I think the Browns are going to be fine, but like if they get down 10 points or 14 points, I am worried that they're going to be forced to throw the ball uh, and, and not have as much success. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds in this game, Jordan. It doesn't seem like you're as confident as in some previous weeks, but uh, let's get to your overall prediction yeah. here. Right now, Browns still favored in this game, but uh, it's obviously against a tough opponent in the Cardinals. Yeah, and I think it's going to be one of those games where, like, the Browns will have, you know, at some point in this game, they'll be trailing. At some point in this game, they'll be winning. I think it's going to be a back and forth kind of, you know, one of those title fights where, you know, you get knocked down, but then you get back up and you knock them down. Like, I think it's going to be absolutely be one of those games. I think it's going to be high scoring again, Henry. I do like the Browns here, though. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I think I'm like, I think I've picked the Browns like six straight weeks at this point, And obviously, I'm three and two at this point. So, I mean, I, something, this thing's got to start going in my favor eventually here, but I like the Browns to get the job done. Like I said, it's going to be a close game. Really think that this could come down to who has the ball last again. Uh, I think that's the type of game we could be seeing here. Uh, for me, for the Browns to win this game, I think our defensive line has to be dominant. I think they have to contain Kyler. I think they have to get pressure on him, make him feel uncomfortable because if he's comfortable back there from a running and passing standpoint, it might be chops for the Browns. So if that's the case, you got to contain him. You got to make him feel the pressure. Miles Garrett needs to be big. Jadavion Clowney needs to be big if he plays, which I think they both will. And that'll be huge and a big difference from last week. I got the Browns in this one, Henry, 34 to 30. Let's ride. All right. That would be quite over the uh, over under of 49 and a half. So Jordan, yeah. I was thinking about picking against the Browns in this one. I the only game I picked against them in was the, the chiefs game. And after looking into it though, I do feel better about the Browns chances. And, and as a gambler, I also feel better about it because every time this line has dropped to two and a half betters have immediately bet it back up the to three. Yeah, it's uh, so, three now, right? Yeah. So it basically sharp groups are saying, Hey, the Browns are not any worse than this Cardinals yeah. team. 
this this kind of scares me though why does that scare you isn't that scary though like i i I use because that means money's coming in on the browns and and if you're a betting man you know you usually like to go against the public and it seems like people are getting confident in the fact that the browns might bounce back i looked i like i want i like to be the only person confident in that (laughs) And, and the fact that i'm not worries me a little bit at least from a betting standpoint We'll go with some quick betting education, but usually the public does not move lines <laughs> midweek. And it's it's if you go look at like at the Action Network betting splits, the money is coming in on the Browns. But if you look at the total number of tickets, they're more even. It's just that the people betting a gotcha. lot of money, which are typically betting groups, sharp bettors, are, are yeah. betting on the Browns. And so that part gives me a little bit of confidence. I think what else gives me confidence is this Chandler Jones news. I do think that yeah. uh, that this uh, is a huge boon for the Browns because if they're not healthy at the tackle position, Chandler Jones is the one you would expect to really, you know, make that a nightmare for the Browns. And if he's not going to play, that's huge. I, I do think that that will make a big impact on this game. So I actually am going to pick the Browns by field goal. Um, I'll say 20, uh, 27, 24. I'm also going over the total. Interesting note here on the total too, because I was like 49 and a half. That's a total. It seems really low, right? And mm-hmm. this is why I take a look at gambling lines because they tell me things sometimes and I looked into it. The weather, Jordan, that's what I saw yeah. as a big note on this game is that it may rain Sunday. It is projected to rain all Friday and Saturday beforehand. And it's going to be colder than, than the Cardinals have seen all season as well. Yeah, and I think the main thing that I've seen with the weather on Sunday here in Cleveland is going to be super, super windy. Um, that's what I've seen. That's what the forecasts say. You know, you go on to, you know, your Apple weather or whatever, and it, usually it gives you like a sun. If it's going to be sunshine, cloudy, the raindrops, it just has a gust of wind for Sunday. So it's one of those things where like it, it's going to be a windy game. And like you said, I think it's going to be in like the – upper fifties, if that wind gets kicking, it it might feel like it's in the forties, which is hilarious because it's 85 degrees in Cleveland right now. But I mean, that's just kind of how it works. Uh, It could be, yeah, weather definitely could be a factor on Sunday. So that's, that's definitely a good point. And I, and I think that's part of the reason too. some of the, uh, the sharper groups are are on the Browns is because obviously the cold weather game running the football, that's clearly the Browns offensive advantage on the flip side. The Cardinals are an average running team They're, You know, you would think with Kyler Murray, they might be better than that, but most of his runs, you know, he really does damage on, on scrambles and things of that nature. They do some design running with him, but they are not nearly as, as high in the running categories as they are in the, in the throwing category. So I do think the weather is the last thing that gives me a lot of confidence in this one. It's that, you know, the, it could really favor, the Browns. It could be wet. It could be windy, and it could be a little colder than those those Arizona guys are used to, uh, given the way they they practice out there. Yeah, that's certainly true. And and you're talking about them playing in a dome as well, coming in to have to deal with all that wind. Um, yeah, definitely could play into the Browns' favor on that one, Henry. They got to get this game. Um, you know, I've had some people in the media, or at least on Twitter, to me, be like, "Hey, man, is this a must-win game? Like, let's pump the brakes on that." I wouldn't say it's a must-win game, but if you fall to three and three, this is not a three and three roster that the Browns have. This is a four and two, five and one type roster, and so it'd be a little shocking, you know, if you told me at the start of the year through six games the Browns were uh, would be three and three, I'd I'd be really surprised. I'd be like, I don't know what you're smoking, what kind of hard liquor you've been drinking, but there's no way that's it's going to be the case. But it is it, damn well could be the case. And again, you, you know, you have the Broncos, the Steelers, the Bengals. Uh, the Lions coming up. So they have an easier portion of the schedule coming up, Henry. 
But you can argue that that makes it even more important to get this win because, again, you're trying to get that, you know, seeding. You've already lost to two AFC teams that are probably going to be right there at the end of the day, right? And the Chiefs and Chargers, let's go out and get this one against the NFC team. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not going to call it a must win. I am not going to be panicked if the Browns are three and three, especially if this is a close game, just given the nature of the first two losses and the, the schedule going forward. But as you said, every win counts. And this one goes a long way because if you do get one of these wins against an upper echelon team, then all of a sudden it, it gives you leeway later on in your schedule, especially because, hey, it's it's the NFL, right? Like everybody at the beginning of the year goes through, you know, WLWL, but in reality, it doesn't work that way. Like at some point the Browns are going to lose a game that they're supposed to win too. So, you know, it's, you got to really be careful. You know, they've got, you know, the Bengals, the Steelers, all those teams are hated rivals. Things happen in those games. So you you can't count on just sweeping through, even if you think the Browns have a better roster. And as we've seen so far, who knows what the injury situation is going to be, right? You know, it may not be great for the Browns now, but it could be even worse uh, later on. That's just part of the nature of the beast. So all right, Jordan, I think that will do it for this episode of the Rebuild. Uh, you know, we'll come back post-game with all of our thoughts after the Browns take on the Cardinals on Sunday, Browns fans. But until then, two words for you, go Browns.